When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, guys. Hi. This is Goop Yourself, the podcast where we talk about everything goop. I'm Brian Rucker. I'm Aggie Hewitt. Uh, I'm drinking celery juice. Are you? I'm drinking 100%, well, pretty much 100% celery juice. I added a little lemon, but... Uh, Brian, that doesn't look like juice. That looks like that looks <laughs> no. like pureed celery. It is, because I didn't yeah. strain it. I, I don't have a juicer, so I made it in my Vitamix. And, like, I guess it, it's sort of... It actually is not that bad, because if you let it sit for a few minutes, the solids sort of rise to the top. Yeah, I can see that. It looks like there is something liquid at the bottom and then the top is covered in like a thick green film. And it's sort of, it's sort of like drinking hot chocolate with um, whipped cream on the top. Cause like when you drink it, the liquid actually, (laughs) well, I mean, in some respects and in others, not at all, but like the liquid actually gets to your, like shoots into your mouth faster. And then I mean, I'm, I, I have like a, and then you a get a little, yeah. And then you I get, get a, a celery, mustache. celery mustache, but, um, my CSA is like literally going insane with the celery. So it's sort of like a, I love Lucy at the chocolate factory situation where I just have to make the juice or it must be in high demand. I, yeah, I don't know if it's in high demand or it's just like the season where there's an abundant, cause I'm also getting these like gigantic late season zucchinis that are huge. Oh, good. Uh, so I think, I think it might just be like the, the, like the height of celery season. And usually I would get just one bunch, but now they've been giving me two bunches. Um, and I really don't cook with celery hardly at all. No, I don't either. Uh, Celery season. Well, I do like it for flavoring, but you, you know, with like carrots and onions and. Yeah. I'll usually, if, if I make like a broth, I'll put it in, but I don't do like, you know, Creole Holy Trinity, like I don't yeah, make like gumbos no. and stuff. So I don't know. No. No, we're not doing Cajun cooking over here. No. Not really. Uh, other than that, oh I got a new cookbook. Um do you remember Hawa Hassan, who she did like a couple of Bon Appetit videos a while ago? Yeah, I think I remember her. Yeah. She, She's like a Somali American uh, who came to the United States when she, when she was young. Um, but so she she wrote this book called In BB's Kitchen, and it's the eight countries in East Africa that border the Indian Ocean, and each country gets their own chapter, and each country has 
bb means grandmother and so each chapter has like their own grandmother who they interview and like the recipes are based on like a grandmother from each country's recipes oh that's a good idea so i will be attempting making eritrean food tonight oh wow really so what is that what is eritrean food it to me i mean i'm obviously like very not knowledgeable at all but uh it seems very similar to ethiopian food it's like uh a lot of stews and they have a recipe for a flatbread, but it's made out of wheat flour. It's not, it's not injera. It's not made out of teff. So it'll be easy to make at home. So I'm going to make, um, uh, like a, a chicken stew with Burberry, um, a spinach dish, and then I'm going to try to make those flatbreads. That sounds delicious. The fun little project in a dark time in our lives. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, that's better than that. We decided that we're gonna order pizza tonight. And I think I'm gonna make Brian watch um, I Know What You Did Last Summer. Because he said to me the other day, like this was like a universal truth. He goes, do you even know what I Know What You Did Last Summer is about? Nobody even remembers anything about that movie. And then I just like immediately started telling him like scene by scene exactly what happens. I was like, I know everything that happens and I know what you did last summer. Of course I know what happens in that movie. Um, and then he was like, okay, whatever. And I was like, well, now you have to watch it. And he's like, no, 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 I don't want to. That was my point. Like I didn't, I don't care about it. I don't want to watch it. I'm like, no, I I want to watch it. I, I want you to watch it with me. <laughs> you brought it up, so I'm going to punish you by making you watch it with me. Yeah, don't ask if you don't want to know the answer. Exactly. I, you might not like it. I just remember it's uh, a bunch of kids killed someone and covered it up, and it was the guy from um, Roseanne, wasn't it? Big Bang Theory? Uh, yes. The guy, wait. Oh, is it the guy? Is that the one that's... Um, Sarah Michelle Gellar's boyfriend is he one of the boyfriends or is I believe he the so. guy no, he's like a I think he's like a weirdo I don't really remember I really one of the weird guys yeah he's like he's the guy that was like, on Big Bang Theory for a million years I never saw that show I well oh the guy from Rose oh that guy the guy, one who was Darlene's boyfriend yes oh I used to think he was so cute he's yeah I mean back on in the Roseanne, day sure. I thought he was cute but oh, totally. not on Big Bang Theory no 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 um i don't even know i guess you're right i guess maybe i don't know everything that happens i mean i know the plot but i guess i don't know if he is in i don't even movie. remember who i remember sarah michelle geller and jennifer love hewitt yeah two women but i don't remember who the other guys are besides him my neither do i i guess maybe i like oversold my knowledge of what <laughs> but i know like i know I my okay my immediate guess is it's like Freddie Prince Jr. and Ryan Philippi, but I don't think that's true. It's like it's that obviously like that type. I but it's maybe, those types exactly. Yeah, it, maybe it is those two. Honestly, I have no idea. It's um, it is those two. Oh, it is those it two. Is okay, them. yeah, it is them. It is them, uh, and I don't. I like I know that they like go to the guy's house and like there's like this like weird woman is there and like me i wonder if what you're thinking of is i know i still know what you did last summer possibly but isn't it the whole thing is someone killed someone and the other people know what they did last summer yeah but you don't know who is sending them like 
someone is like killing them and being like, I know what you did last summer, but you don't know who it is. Uh, And I still don't um, because it's been 20 years since I've seen the movie. So uh, maybe I'll watch Um, it. Well, but I think that, but there was a sequel called I Still Know What You Did Last Summer. Somehow I doubt I even saw the sequel, but possibly. What is going on? How come people are acting like they haven't seen? I'm a little older than you. So I think, I think by the time the sequel came out, I was, I'm sure I was already like in college. And so I think I might just have zoned out that part of pop culture for a little while. Did you? Yeah. Cause the first one, oh yeah, no, he was in the first one. I think that he's the, um, like weird, like son of the, like they go to the guy's house that they killed and they like talk to his family. And I think that he's like in the family or is he a weird guy from the town? He might be the weird townie. I don't know. <laughs> it's, but, it's pretty much the same plot as uh, chain letter by Christopher Pike. Where it's a bunch um, of kids who someone is sending them like letters saying, I know what you did. And then you've, and then they have to figure out what happened and who did it. Um, yeah, except for they know what happened. They all know what happened. Because they were all there. Because they, they all, all did it. I think that is the, the end of, I think in Chain Letter, that's what happens too. It's it's like a murder on the Orient Express situation where they all did it. Yeah, they all did it. They all, um, yeah. Well, anyway, so, yeah. Okay, so there we go. Anyway, I'm going to watch it tonight and then I'll be able to tell you more about what the guy, Johnny Galecki, what's his name? Johnny Galecki, Galecki yeah. Johnny Galecki. He's one of the richest men in the world now after Big Bang Theory. <sighs> you know, more power to him. I don't care. Yeah, they. I mean, they're, they can do whatever they want. Uh, I just watched Jim Parsons in the remake of Boys in the Band, which <laughs> is, I mean. Why? Because I, I, I don't know. Like, Not- I'm gay Not and i was like oh. watch it i just meant like why did they make oh it? i have no idea well because they did it on they did like a revival on broadway that ryan murphy produced and now ryan murphy just sort of has carte blanche to do anything on netflix so they're like oh let's just make this a movie but yeah i don't understand why people remake movies and like don't do anything new with it it's just literally like the same movie with a different cast and i don't even like the original but this one's like worth like i don't the the movie just is like very joyless I think if you're a gay man of a certain age, it's very relatable. But like, to me, it seems just sort of like this historical artifact that's like not very pleasant to watch. I don't know. Yeah, it doesn't really make sense to me that they would remake that movie. Well, I guess unless they want to be like, look at what things used to be like and like, you need to know this. Yeah, but then it's like, I mean, I guess this will bring it to a wider audience. But it it, it is like, if I was someone who had never even seen the original, it's impossible to stream the original. Like, so it's, it's just a weird, it, it doesn't really give any context to like whatever. I don't know. It just, I Netflix could have just stru- like bought the rights to the original and put it on everyone's home screen and said, hey, look, this is what it used to be like. But I guess that's like not when a way to they, make money. Like when Apple put that U2 album on everybody's yeah. phone. <laughs> in order to watch Emily in Paris, you must sit through the boys in the band. Oh my God. Can I opt out of both? Uh, yeah. I mean, I think I said last week that I watched the uh, pilot or the premiere of Emily in Paris and I haven't gotten any further. It's uh, again, something I, a lot of people are getting a lot of enjoyment out of it. Uh, hate watching or guilty pleasure or whatever you want to call it. To me, it wasn't even fun. 
Yeah. See, I, I like stuff like that. I like things that are kind of, I like, okay. So one of my favorite, like, types of thing to watch is something that's very mainstream, but really out of step with reality. And just like, that's sort of like a failed attempt at being in the mainstream, but I don't really have an interest in watching something that I think is like perfectly suited to the mainstream. Does that make sense? Like, I don't want to watch something that I think that a 20 year old, like girl, like a 20 year old, like white college sophomore would like actually like. Yeah. No, I, I think I share your, that's why I think we, we like, well, you like The Bachelor too. I was going to say we like Real Housewives and don't like The Bachelor, but you like both of them. Well, because I think The Bachelor is like also like dystopian and terrifying. And it it reminds me of like The Hunger Games or something. Like it's yeah. so sick. All of those, I, I mean, reality shows where you're supposed to like marry someone are just so messed up to me and terrifying. People, yeah, love them. I, I, marriage itself is or the concept of marriage the marriage being a goal is like a very just boring subject for me well it's like terrifying and it's like i mean like the institution of marriage is like has so has such a like dark and bloody history for women <laughs> like i'm so i have so many complex complicated issues with it and so watching something on tv in 2020 that's literally a man choosing a wife from a harem is just like i have to just like watch it and just like freak out basically sure. it's like it scares me it's like watching a horror movie and i, I like it. it yeah uh what else did i watch Nothing, nothing really. I'm just, yeah, watching Top Chef. Town Bloody Hall recently. Did you watch that? What's it called? It's called Town Bloody Hall. It's this 1971 documentary where, um, I guess Norman Mailer wrote something for Harper's called like, I don't know, like the sex prisoner or something about, I don't even know what it's about and I couldn't find it online to read it. It was from the seventies. I think it was just about like some bullshit with his wife. I don't know. And it was like, he got canceled for it before you could do that. And everybody was sort of going crazy about it. And they had this town hall where all of these feminists came and had like, they were like in conversation with Norman Mailer to basically like, read him and like yell at him about like how fucked up this thing was and he's of course this like arrogant jackass who's like kind of the MC of the night because it's just how it was like there was no like moderator it was just sort of moderated by him and <laughs> then like Jermaine uh, Greer was there and then these other women who I wasn't fam familiar with were like also there to like just yell at him and um, everybody's going crazy like the people in the audience are like they're like screaming they're like fuck you and they're like calling each other cunts and stuff like in the audience they're screaming on the stage the people on the stage are screaming back to the audience like at one point this one woman just like does a recites a poem about how like every woman is naturally a lesbian and just starts like making out with another woman on stage and just like they start like falling over and like rolling around and like they're trying to like do the like do the panel like over them like it's just like it's it's bonkers i loved it that sounds so. great is it was it just on youtube or it was on uh the criterion oh okay oh I'll check yeah it, out. it was really good uh <laughs> um, 
So that sounds that so fun. great. Um, the only thing I watched on Criterion this week was Albert Brooks Lost in America. Oh with, yeah, I haven't watched. I saw that they have like a ton of Albert Brooks stuff, but I haven't watched any of it. I I'd seen Modern Romance before, and I was sort of like iffy on it. And I don't know that I'd ever seen any of his other movies that he directed, but this one is so fucking good. It's like a great glimpse into the like the pre-goop previous generation of upwardly mobile white people, like eighties yuppies who were oh, yeah. like forged in the, you know, in the baby boom in this, like the sixties and then totally gave up their values. And it's, it's just like a great satire of that culture. It's so good. I loved it so much. Oh yeah. Maybe I'll watch it. Cause I do love, like, I do love things about, like the who would have been in into goop but in the like 70s or 80s yeah um i feel that way about the woody i mean i know woody allen is like very problematic but i feel that way about the woody allen movie uh alice oh okay with chad commentary and mia farrow i think we may have talked about it on this podcast yeah i saw it a long time ago but I i don't really remember much about it it's very crazy it's like really weird but and it's problematic too kind of but it's about this woman who's like this like yuppie woman who's just sort of like married and lost and doesn't really know what to do with herself and she's very into like um alternative medicine and things like that and she just like and but she's like so shallow and like wealthy too it's she's like an she would be in goop if it was yeah now yeah uh it's yeah fascinating that sort of the 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 personality types stay the same from generation to generation. It's just like different specifics. Yeah, exactly. Like, we, yeah, it's just like what you're into changes, but the, it's a, what's it called? Like a, um, oh God, what's the word? And like an archetype. It, totally. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, um, any Goop news or Gwyneth news? God, I don't know. I mean. The no. only, the only thing I even like, found from this week was a bunch of people like covered her podcast that she interviewed Kate Hudson on which oh my god I mean Kate Hudson we talked about our sort of apathy towards Cameron Diaz a couple weeks ago I feel like Kate Hudson is even like a step below Cameron Diaz in interest level for me um, I've actually always liked her a little more than Cameron Diaz, but I understand that she's like less, she was never like, I don't think she ever like earned as much money for a movie as Cameron Diaz did in her height. Like she was never as big of a star when like Cameron Diaz was like a pretty big deal in the like late nineties or whatever. Yeah. She was I would say Cameron Diaz was even a bigger star than Gwyneth Paltrow. Like I think Cameron Diaz was probably the biggest female movie star for at least a few years. Yeah. She didn't have the prestige factor that Gwyneth always had, but she definitely was marketable. Yeah. 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 And then, Um, and Kate Hudson sort of, she started her career because of her like family pedigree and almost famous was like her big breakout role. She started with like a fair amount of prestige and then, I mean, I don't know if it was through her sort of poor decisions or just like being, you know, a woman in Hollywood doesn't get the opportunities. But like after Almost Famous, she just sort of did a series of like very forgettable rom-coms and thrillers. And yeah, I I don't know, like other than Almost Famous, like she doesn't really have another like 
great role since then. No, she doesn't. Yeah, she. That's exactly what I think too. She started at with this at like at this high level of yeah pedigree, like you said, and then it just sort of all went away, and she sort of became. I mean. I think of her now almost as like a TV movie person. I mean, I don't think she's ever done one, but I think of her like almost on that level. Yeah, I mean, I don't, yeah, she, if I don't, I, if she wanted to star in a movie now, it would probably be like, yeah, like a Lifetime, Lifetime. or a Hallmark movie. I mean, I think she's really successful doing her, her like, you know, athleisure MLM. Well, God still- knows I <laughs> have my fair share of it. I've signed up for it. Her and Rihanna, they both got me. They both got me. Uh, but yeah, the only thing that people covered off of this interview, and I definitely did not listen to the podcast. Um, no, 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 too boring. Gwyneth and Kate were talking about their worst on-screen kisses. Um, mm. and Kate Hudson says that Matthew McConaughey, she doesn't blame him, but she's like, um, she says several of the kissing scenes with Matthew McConaughey took place during less than desirable circumstances, causing the kiss itself to not be that great. What was she in with Matthew McConaughey? Well, 10 things I hate about you was a big one. And then wait, Matthew McConaughey is in 10 things I hate about you. Yeah. It's him and Kate Hudson. No, you're thinking of how to lose a guy in 10. Oh, that's what I mean. (laughs) Yeah, that's what is ten lesser. things I hate that's like a you. high school movie. Oh right, God, yeah, that's yeah. the um the uh, twelve. No, oh, uh, what is it? The Shakespeare. Um, yeah, it's um, it's uh, it's Taming of the, the Shrew. It is. I think it's Taming of the Shrew. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, yeah, I meant How to Lose a Guy in Ten Days. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh and, yeah, that was. Yeah. And Fool's Gold is the other one. Oh, wow. So they were, yeah, they were like a little romantic couple for a, yeah. for a minute. And then Gwyneth says Robert Downey Jr. But that's just because it's literally like kissing my brother. Uh, that's a cop-out answer. Oh, absolutely. I mean, they're not going to, they're not going to actually dish any dirt on these things. Of course not. Um, Gwyneth does ask Kate if there are any like on-screen romances she had that the like the press never found out about and she says yes but like doesn't go into further detail so huh interesting i would say that you should read the people magazine article and not listen to an hour-long podcast with these two is that what you did that is what i did yeah yeah i don't know i um I definitely didn't listen. I didn't know it existed and I wouldn't, but I do like Kate Hudson. Interesting. I, yeah, it's just someone, I mean, and I, you know what other movie, and this is a movie that's like impossible to see now, but I loved it when I was in high school is uh, 200 cigarettes. I used to love that movie too. It's not streaming anywhere. It's really really stupid. I mean, it's, it's, it's one of these, you know, in the sort of Gary Marshall tradition of huge ensemble casts with like 20 different plot lines. And this one is just a bunch of people hanging out in New York on New Year's Eve. On and it's like all their yeah. plans. And um, Kate Hudson is really, really funny in that movie. Is she? Yeah, I think she's good. I don't know. I, I mean, yeah, I like, I think she's a good actress. I like watching her. Sure. Uh, now I feel like the the Kate Hudson of today is Dakota Johnson, and Dakota Johnson is like choosing, I think, way better projects. 
Dakota Johnson, I well, she got trapped with those S and M movies. Yeah, but now I mean, she does. That that's over. Now now she does, you know, Luca Guadagnino movies and like more sort of cool indies. So she might not be as big of a star as Kate Hudson, but I feel like she's more, you know, critically acclaimed. Oh, is she? I guess I only know her from those Fifty Shades movies. yeah, the Suspiria remake is definitely worth watching. Oh, her. she's in that. Yeah, she's. Wait, I didn't that come out? That came out like years ago. Uh, yeah, uh, last last year, two years ago, probably twenty eighteen. Oh, I I don't know why I thought that came out like five or ten years ago. <laughs> no, it came out. It, it was after Call Me by Your Name. It was like his follow up to Call Me by Your Name. Oh, I see. Uh. The other, oh, I still haven't watched the um, premiere of Real Housewives of Orange County where Shannon gets COVID, COVID. <laughs> um, but I'm very oh, excited. she gets COVID? Yeah, <laughs> which is the only reason I want to watch this season, just to watch her freak out. Oh, God, I didn't know that one of them actually gets COVID. Yeah, she blames well, her, she blames her daughters um, for... <laughs> She has like three teenage daughters and she, I mean, it's probably true that because teens, I mean, if you know, like if, like I have, you know, 20 year old cousins or whatever, they all have gotten COVID. They don't give a shit. They're fine. Wait, really? Yeah. Like my cousin just got COVID. Um, John's niece got it a few months. They're all like college kids and they just like get it. Well, my little niece, well, cousin didn't get it. She's that age. Mm, She's my cousin. She's not my niece. Um, but she hasn't gotten it. She was in Louisiana and she had to come home to California, but I don't think she got it ever. Oh, wow. And my brother is not that young, but he's like 25. Yeah. By 25, I feel like most people are a little more responsible. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, but maybe, maybe it's just my family. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. It seems like, I don't know, so many people have gotten it. Yeah, and it's obviously not like a moral judgment. It's like you should not blame anyone for getting the disease because it is a horrible disease that like is not really in people's control. But uh, I feel like- I can't believe Trump is like recovered. Uh, I was like, he's gonna die. I thought for sure. I was like positive. I like knew in my bones, I was like, this is it. That fucking Regeneron. Even Chris Christie didn't die. It's crazy. Yeah, you, if you get COVID, you've got to get I mean, one of that. You got to need that um, compassionate care or whatever. Yeah. I mean, if you're rich and you go to the hospital early, it looks like you'll be fine. And the rest of us better not get it. Well, I guess. Shall we do some newsletter talking let's get into this freaking newsletter we have Ugh. put it off for as long as we yeah. possibly can the people was... are gonna get mad in the comments again but i know well yeah the when we talk about politics we got some bad feedback and when we talk about non-goop stuff we also get some bad feedback so if you but, like uh, if you like us talking about other things let us know because we need the but like look actually like don't every podcast like sorry like every podcast is like this like if you like 
if I don't know, whatever. It's like, like I literally <laughs> never listened to a podcast that didn't have like a bunch of banter at the beginning exactly. in my whole life. Yeah, unless it's like Except a for, news... like reply all or whatever. Ninety nine percent invisible or whatever. Yeah, garbage you go that I an, would never listen like, to. NPR shit or whatever. Yeah, where they do like sound like Radio Lab, they'll do sound effects for you and won't have banter. Yeah, we'll just cover up all of our banter with sound effect, like twenty minutes of sound effects, <laughs> and then we'll just like do a quick goop thing and then more sound effects at the end. <laughs> uh, oh God, there was I don't know if there was three newsletters, but there was definitely three sections on the website. It was too much. I don't even really know, honestly. Too much. What um, was your best? Okay, so my best was something that I honestly <laughs> like barely even read, to be honest. But I just enjoyed that it was there and it was called um, How to. Oh, God. It was called. Lose a guy in 10 days. How to how to relax a screen scrunched face? Yeah, I read that. and it was just like scrunched from looking at the screen, I guess. And then it's just like you know their usual stuff, you know, buy all this expensive product and like rub these like weird vibrating sticks on your face and buy this, you know, it's just like normal shit, like nothing new, nothing I'd never heard of before. But what was new was the idea of having a screen scrunched face. And I just thought, thank you, because this morning when I woke up, I have a full like mirror, like a full wall of a mirror next to my bed. Um, like my closet door is like a huge like mirrored door. And the first thing I see every morning is my own face. And this morning, I must say, I was horrified. I was like, I am old now. Like I see an old person. My The bags, I'd never had bags under my eyes like this where I was like, this is a really huge problem. Like there, I, I cannot have this. The wrinkles, the bags, like the age, the like quarantine has aged me in this way that is so disturbing. And I feel like I'm always staring at a screen. I'm either like on my phone, I'm on Zoom, I'm whatever. And I do feel like I have a screen scrunched face. I feel like I'm sitting in front of this screen, scrunching my face and getting really old. And I just felt very seen and appreciated by nothing more than the title of this article. I totally agree with you that when I read the title of this article, it like, I was like, oh, there's a name for that. Like, I was like, oh, you've diagnosed a new problem. They diagnosed me with something that I have. <laughs> and Screen scrunch. <laughs> in, in some sense, it's like, this is great. Like, this is what Goop does. They like diagnose a problem that doesn't really exist and like yeah. make people self-conscious about it and like make them buy things. But then on the other sense, I'm like, oh God, now this is one more thing I have to worry about. Now, every time I wake up or every time I look at a screen, I'm like, to Brian, do you have a screen scrunched face? Don't have a screen scrunched face. And then I'm going to well, have to do like, like, you know, when you do yoga, like you're obviously trying to relax your body, but then you also try to like relax your face. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I guess I should just go through life like doing that. So I don't have a I always try to, well, because I hold tension in my forehead. I always have like wrinkle. Like even when I was in my twenties, I looked, I would like have like a furrowed brow. Cause you're a thinker. I, yeah. Cause I'm a thinker. So I'd have to like put my hand on my brow to like smooth it out and just like really try really, really hard to like not hold that tension. 
and it's still to this day something that I have to be conscious of. So I do think that like, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to let your face get too scrunchy because, you know, it's like your mother said, it'll stay that way. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, they're selling, you can have the, the jade face roller or the electric gold face roller. I'd settle for the jade, honestly. Well, they, I, I rose like the electric gold one. But I guess I would settle for the jade as well because I do need, maybe I'll go, maybe I'll buy one right now. <laughs> Sometimes when I, we're doing this podcast, I literally will just like buy something online as we're doing it, which oh. is so fucked up. Yeah, I, I usually do all my purchasing like super late night after I've taken my sleeping pill. Oh God, that's a really dangerous time to be, you know, on your computer with your credit card. Yeah, like I bought almost $50 worth of spices a few weeks ago, which I came and they're useful. Up. And then I joined the DSA. Oh, you joined the DSA? Yeah, I ambient joined the DSA. Oh my God, so what do you get now that you're in the DSA officially? A bunch of emails telling me to go to meetings and like more stress in my life. Are you going to go to Zoom? DSA I might meetings? do a Zoom. Um, like, I do want to do their introductory, like, what is socialism one? <laughs> but I don't want to have to participate. I don't think you do. I think I can just go and not. Yeah. Sorry. Everyone I know is taking classes about socialism right now. Uh, like, socialism in the arts or, like, socialism and, like, how to be a non-capitalist artist or whatever. And we're still here doing a Goop podcast. I mean, well, I guess you could say it's not capitalist. We're not really like bringing in that much capital doing it. So Definitely not. I guess you could say it's like anti-capitalist because we're <laughs> because not making we're not making. Uh, yes, I am an anti-capitalist. Uh, yeah. I do. I did like put stuff in my um, shopping bag in Goop a couple weeks ago, and I, but I didn't buy it. I want it. I really want some of those bath soaks. Well, now's the time because there is a sale. Except the mar the martini one, at least when I checked a couple of weeks ago, the martini one wasn't on sale and that was the one I wanted. But the one that's called like, Nur hello nurse or whatever is. Okay, maybe. Which is on my, I'm gonna, I mean, that's like one of the things I would buy to be Ooh. honest. But All right, well, let's move on. Okay. My best. Okay, so this is a complicated one. And I really, I would say 90% of it, I really, really liked. And it was the article called, How Do We Return to a Resilient Food System? Okay. And it was an interview with uh, this woman, Janet McGilvery, and she is the founder and executive director of the indigenous-led climate collective Seeding Sovereignty. And so she talks about... I mean, this is stuff that like Goop has started to dip their toes into how like the, f the food system is inherent inherently like a colonial system and that like food sovereignty, especially for indigenous people um, and them not having food sovereignty has caused a lot of like health problems and then just a lot of horrible like ethical things in the past, you know, several hundred years in our country. And so she links the ethics of uh, letting indigenous people control their own food ways with um, with health and environmental factors, all of which I think are really important. And um, I would say pretty radical for a publication like Goop to talk about. It sort of, it, it reminded me of the um, Ayurveda 
talk in the um in the goop lab mm. thing where it was like similar i mean like obviously like different cultures and like from different like parts of the world but like the idea of like the proper way to eat is like very much tied to the like local agriculture and like the local way like the most the closest to you physically mm-hmm. like and like that's like a more natural and healthful way to eat um but this went i guess a little bit more political and also and and i think especially talking about like the meat industry like i appreciated mm-hmm. that like she never got into like GMOs or whatever, which is like something that gets criticized a lot. But well, I she sort of did talk about GMOs, which was the one thing that I was. I didn't notice the on. word. I didn't notice the phrase GMO. I didn't notice that being said. That's being said at all. Um, I saw her talking about like the meat industry, which I think is like incredibly detrimental and like very bad for the planet and very bad for workers, and is like something that's not even really able that like can't even be like legislated or like reported on because the the lobby is so powerful um yeah the so lobby that he was talking about that but i didn't notice a gmo thing because that's what i that's where i get a little bit like i don't like the anti-gmo stuff because gmos i think are actually good yeah so she she talks about the the meat pa- packaging and i do think like covid has put a spotlight on the meat packing industry because there's been like a lot of horrible outbreaks and yeah the lobbies are powerful and plus like most of the workers are undocumented so they're not going to report you know labor violations and stuff and obviously also it's like terrible for the animals like the whole system is like super evil but then the next question is um what does this have to do with genetic modification of seeds oh i didn't even see that one so and and she so this so okay so she says um, she doesn't go into the dubious health concerns about GMOs, which I am grateful for because I think from a nutritional standpoint, it's pretty like conclusive that they are equal to uh, non-GMO. Like there's not really um, a nutritional benefit to, to non-GMO plants yeah. and grains, but she also reframes it in like, her lens of food sovereignty and saying that uh, indigenous people aren't able to grow the the native foods on their land. And because GMO seeds, you have to keep buying GMO seeds from Monsanto and stuff. Like GMO seeds are, are, uh, are bred to not produce their own seeds. So like a regular plant, if you like grow a tomato, you can like take the seeds from that tomato and grow another tomato. And like with GMO from Monsanto and stuff, you have to keep buying from Monsanto in order to like plant the seeds. So it's like an economic argument against GMOs. Well, yeah, I mean, that's like obviously really fucked up. Uh, And I think like, I don't know, it's tough because like in small communities, like in a utopian society, of course, like everyone should be able to to eat their native foods and like not rely on, on, you know, agribusiness and, and, and everyone, you know, can buy from small producers and stuff. But realistically in this capitalist society, like, especially in parts of the developing world, uh, GMOs are necessary to prevent starvation. So it's, it's well, just like, yeah. And like, yeah. And just like, not every, not every location has 
is like well suited for agriculture and like some people need like a modified way to like produce food like that that helps people not experience starvation yeah uh so yeah she i mean she doesn't go into like yeah the fact she doesn't say that genetically modified foods are inherently bad but she talks about that you know in the lens of, of food sovereignty and and like mono mono cropping and then you know the the economic uh exploitation that farmers get from the big agribusiness so yeah it's a complicated issue um what else does she talk about oh and yeah she says um you know they ask what you know a regular person can do so um you know little little things you can do like you know trying to buy from small producers uh, planting a garden if you have the space and um supporting indigenous land rights movements and yeah so it was a informative um article that i think had a lot to say cool okay so my worst was the pelvic floor i was like i felt like that was like really bad news for lauren roxborough like we have this um woman who's coming in so the new pelvic floor person is um named yana blanova i think and she's an olympic gymnast coach and she has a new way to fix your hip flexors and it's not a foam roller it's a pelvic clock tool that she invented that you you lie down and you put it under your like sacrum i guess is that what that's called like your butt yeah your tailbone sacrum yeah and then you like tilt around on it to help loosen up your your hip flexors this to me seems like a way better way to do it i would much rather do that than do the foam roller but just because i know that the foam roller really hurts yeah this i mean she has like the sort of resume to make you listen to what she has to say being a gymnast coach and the it seemed it's yeah it just seemed like somehow more scientific i still don't really understand what the exercises look like i wish they had a video of someone doing it because i i was a little confused as to what you were actually supposed to do yeah i was sort of confused about it too and i was also sort of confused about like how it works and also like why it would be better than lying on like a ball or just like raising your hips like from like i don't really understand why it's necessary but why why is it called a clock is it like you do different? You it's like the clock it? because it's like because it's like you do like noon three okay. six. Like it's like it's about like the direction that you like tilt your hips in. So I guess if if it's telling you sort of what angles to do things in, it could be useful. But yeah, I think like using a blanket or anything to just sort of like prop you up could do pretty much the same thing. Yeah. Um, but this one yeah, is. I don't what know is it, like why you need it. Eighty-five dollars or something. Uh, something like that. Yeah, like like bucks. But yeah, Lauren, like, she's got some competition. But I think, but and Lauren is also selling like Lauren's new thing that sphere. I think oh. is like the same thing as the clock. That's true. So I don't know. There's a lot going on in the world of <laughs> pelvic floor exercises over a goop. There was a lot of like 
pelvic stuff this week. And like, there was that whole other article or no, I guess that was the same article of like posture. Um, it was a lot of, a lot to think about as I now, like I'll do, cause when I do yoga in the morning, I have like a big mirror in the room that I do it. And so I have to like, look at myself sometimes do it. And I'm like, Oh God, my posture, even when I'm thinking I have like great posture in the middle of yoga, it's still not. Now I'm thinking about my posture. I think I have really bad posture. I do too. I just slump all the time. You know, John, my husband has great posture because he was like a trained dancer. So he, even like sitting on the couch, he always like sits up straight. Enviable. Yeah, I know. Um, Okay. My worst, oh, okay. My worst was this three non-alcoholic drinks that impress in partnership with our friends at Seedlip. It's like, it's like, there are so many great non-alcoholic drinks you know, mix any type of juice you want with seltzer, with bitters, with whatever. Like there's so many wonderful things that you can make for yourself. Why on earth are you spending like $40 for a bottle of, I have literally no idea what it is. What is it? It's not alcoholic, but it's a like, what is it? I don't know. I'm going to be like full disclosure. This is my thing I would try. Although this is how I phrased it. I said that I would try the, the disgusting mocktails because I think these genuinely look disgusting, especially the one with like coffee. I there's just one, don't understand. There's one um, with pea too, which I'm like, pea is the main flavor. Disgusting. So weird. But I'm like, I literally, God. I'm like, I looked for, ing- I don't know what it is. Like, what is it if it's not alcohol? It's, I don't it, know, but like my friend really my friend like posted about this too. This was like the new, this is the new business. There's cause there are other brands of the same shit and it's all the same, like kind of like this, like modern sort of like older millennial hipster aesthetic on the bottles. And it's like, why don't you buy? And it always has like this, like whatever, what is this one called? Like slip. (laughs) This one's called seed lip. lip. And there was another, there's another one that goop sells. That's like, kinfolk or something like that yeah they have these names that's like i don't know tells you nothing and basically it's i think it might be bitters i'm not sure but i know that they're like non-alcoholic drinks but they aren't sweet in any way they're like very like botanical and like herby so i think it gives you the like flavor profile of like gin and tonic or something but it but it's not it's not like non-alcoholic gin. It's got, they, they market them as having like their own flavors. And there's like a ton of these, like I've seen so many people be like posting about it. And, and I think that to your point about bitters, like you could literally just have bitters and soda and it would be like fine and non-alcoholic and you could just do that. But this is, I think it's just like marketing. I think it's just like a new business venture for people. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. Like from a marketing perspective that as people get older, there's going to be like more and more people that, that don't want to drink and want like a sophisticated beverage. Uh, I just wish, like you said, it's maybe bitters. I just wish it said like what it was. It's like, it's water-based, I guess, if it's not alcohol-based, like that has to be water with like flavors. So it's like, stale LaCroix (laughs) like it's just flat LaCroix I guess it's like flat LaCroix but it's like is it thick is it like viscous yeah I don't know or what is it I don't get how they would get that thick texture without alcohol or is it yeah is it some is it some chemical 
that is supposed to mimic the the texture and the flavor of alcohol but without the actual alcohol and in in that case i'd be like well it's not really for me but i'm impressed that they would be able to make that and i guess it's worth you know 35 or 40 dollars a bottle if if you if you're like a professional bartender and you want to make a drink that tastes exactly like you know a gin and tonic or whatever yeah i don't think it'll taste exact so okay i just clicked on one this one is called citrus i just randomly chose this one so it's called this is called seedlip grow grow 42 is a fragrant refreshing crafted from a trifecta of citrus blood orange bitter orange and mandarin mixed with zesty ginger root lemongrass and a prickle of japanese uh sanshu peppercorn sip it solo mix it into cocktails or do as the founder suggests and top it with ginger ale and it's like yes thank you for telling me all the flavors but you're still not telling me like what the base actually is like what is it it's driving me crazy i I think that's what it isn't it just like i don't know the juice i I mean it's orange juice (laughs) juice. so it's but it's not juice it's like not there's not sugar i'm like what it's okay this one is called spice 94 aromatic and it says that it's okay it's a non-alcoholic it's made with warm aromatic blend of allspice berries green cardamom and uplifting citrus it's crafted using a process similar to that used to make traditional whiskey maceration distillation filtration and blending which gives it a dry tannic mouthfeel but skips the fermentation stage the result a booze-free drink that makes you feel warm and toasty without the accompanying hangover it pairs perfectly with tonic and sodas and can even be substrate if that's more your vibe so i guess that's what this but then why does it look like why isn't it why isn't it brown? Why is it clear? Why are they all clear? Yeah. So, okay. This gives me a little more clue that it is actually distilled from a grain if they're saying that. So that's like a little bit more context. Well, this one is. But then it's like, so, what is it? Corn? Is it wheat? Is it rye? I just wish okay, that they would say this is, yeah, like a, I, it's just crazy that okay. they are being so mysterious. Here are the ingredients. Water, okay. natural botanic botanical distillates and extracts all spice berries cardamom grapefruit peel lemon peel oak bark uh cascarilla bark preservative potassium sorbate acid citric acid so there so there is no grain it's just water it's water with flavorings it's flavored water it's flat Lacroix for 40 dollars yep wow guys but you're not gonna find Lacroix that's flavored with all spice berries (laughs) i mean you could, I mean, you could make an allspice syrup in literally five minutes. You could just like soak peppercorns in water. In water, yeah. I, water. I mean. And be like, it's like whiskey. <laughs> That's so disgusting. <laughs> I mean, oh God. I'm at like, there are nights when I don't want to drink anything. And it's like, I have a, a tea or a water. Like, I don't need to make it a whole production. Jesus Christ. Yeah, to me, this is like, remember in um, A Star is Born, the new one with Bradley Cooper, where he's like sadly like pouring the Perrier and he like says to Lady Gaga's like manager, protective manager, he's like, do you want some? And he's like, yeah, like you don't really want that. Eventually you're going to go back to the real thing. And he's like ashamed after that. That's what this reminds me. Like this is like the sad thing that like Bradley Cooper pretends that he likes in A Star is Born, but he knows deep down that like he'll never be able to to, con- to really 
conquer his alcoholism. It's, I mean, it's like non-alcoholic beer. It's like, oof, this is rough. I know. A rough road. Did you read the thing that, um, oh my God, I forgot. Dax Shepard and yeah, what's his yeah. last name? Kristen that Bell. Let, Kristen Bell, that their children drink non-alcoholic beer. That is, that was weird. That whole thing is is weird. Like, that just seems, I mean, I don't want to judge anyone's parenting, but that seems like a little weird to give your kids non-alcoholic beer. I understand that it's like demystifying Dax Shepard's sobriety and being like, oh, you know, daddy drinks this and this is why, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I don't know. So, but it, yeah. He said it's that just, he used to like to drink it when he would like go to the, like, he just like drinks it like instead of soda. I, I don't think I've ever even had a non-alcoholic beer. It seems gross. I'm kind of, I kind of want to try one. I, can't, I feel like my dad went through a like phase that. of non-alcoholic beer. I have no idea. I don't know. I've never had, but, but I guess, I mean, somebody out there likes it. They make it. Yeah, I think. And it, and it has like trace amounts of alcohol. So I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I feel like some people in recovery don't think it's a good idea. I think it's sort of like controversial within the recovery community. I think it's controversial too, but those trace amounts of alcohol are in kombucha is what got me through the whole 30. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, mm, it's kind of like alcohol. And then, and then some of the people who make kombucha like really got smart and they just started like really upping the alcohol content. Boozy kombucha. Yeah. Full blown, full blown alcoholic kombucha. And uh, I've had like the the alcoholic kombucha, and it really yeah. tastes exactly the same as not as like the I know, other you kombucha. Can't tell the difference. Pretty sneaky. Um, okay, what was your craziest or your saddest? Um, my oh my so crazy in a good way, not in a bad way. But I was just like, oh wow, that's crazy, but not at all in a remotely bad way. I just didn't know where else to put this one, honestly. But I think that Jean and Megan are now the co-beauty editors. Um, and I don't think that it's like Jean is a like senior beauty editor and Megan is like the regular beauty editor, like junior in any way. Oh, wow. In this new, um, in this article that was with the uh, hair, um, what's it called? Hair woman stylist hair stylist um they did um an interview with her and in the like top little left hand thing where they show like a picture of whoever like the goop staffer in like black and white and then has their little bio it's a picture of Jean and Megan together and it says goop beauty editors Jean and Megan love to ask and answer questions Oh, I oh, guess yeah. that might just be because it's from the podcast from the podcast, but I still have never seen this before. Yeah. Now I don't remember if, I mean, they'll, they'll do articles based on the beauty closet podcast, but now I don't remember if their bio was that before or if this is new, I'm not sure. And it's also mm-hmm. like, there's no distinction, like senior goop beauty editor yeah. Dean and, and junior or like not no nothing just like goop beauty editor megan it just says goop beauty editors which is just i thought like a nice and like egalitarian little like bio of them together and i like to see it because i love megan megan's great 
Gene, I mean, Gene doesn't, even before COVID, I don't think Gene was like coming into the Goop office very often. Like she was sort of a, you know, rock contour editor at large type of thing. Well, I think she's always been New York based. Yeah, I believe so. She lives in like a, like in the Hudson Valley, I think, like some um, fancy suburb. Uh, but not but yeah, like- Megan. I mean, she's the obviously the natural heir to Jean. There's you know there's bad grooming, but there's also good grooming too. And Megan has been groomed from a young age to take over Jean's position. Yeah. Oh, Megan's in New York too, though. Oh, that's true. Yeah, she's definitely yeah. Brooklyn. Uh, so I guess but- I, I mean I know there. Are, I think there are like a lot. I I there must be like a Goop office in New York. Yeah, Goop has always been like super bi coastal. I think uh, yeah. a fair amount of people live in new york um and now we can be anywhere um two of my favorite like indie musicians um waksahashi and kevin morby they're married and i they had like a little profile in uh like the la times or something about their house i'm like oh their house is so cool i want it like is it silver lake is it echo park where do they live and then i was like oh they're in kansas city <laughs> like that's why they have such oh my like, God. Old that's why it's house. so nice yeah i know people it's like so crazy to me that's like um oh god like louis guzman mm. the actor he lives in like I, I think he lives in like Virginia or like he lives somewhere like no one lives. Like, I don't think he, I mean, I think he just, or like maybe in Vermont, Okay. like he just like lives somewhere nice, like with his wife and just sort of like does whatever. And um, I don't know. Harrison Ford famously lives in Jackson Hole, Wyoming, which is very expensive, but not near a major city. But they also have a house in, like Santa Monica or something because they're always he's always like crashing planes into yeah he's always crashing his plane but he I think he's like flying around Jackson Hole too uh yeah I mean it's now this new world is like really you can live anywhere and why do we choose to live in one of the most expensive places in the country I know I'm just like god but wouldn't you, I don't know, like, where would you want to live other than a big city? Like, would you want to live somewhere else? I mean, there's not like a city that I'm dying to live in, but I've definitely been in a lot of great cities that I think I would grow to love, especially as I'm like a little older, I don't go out as much. Like I could see myself, yeah, in, I mean, I've never been to Kansas City really, but like like Asheville, North Carolina, or even Nashville, or um, you know, Portland, like I, I could, yeah, I could see myself living in, I don't know, like a rural area, but definitely like a medium sized city for sure. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like I would get claustrophobic anywhere that wasn't like LA. I don't know. I'm like a big city person. No, I get it. Uh, I mean, I love living in LA, but um now it's like oh realistically if i ever want to own a house or something i'm like eh, it's probably not gonna happen it's not gonna happen here i mean god um anyway but that's just reality the other thing you could do is move to like where like i don't know like calabasas or something oh sure because calabasas is so cheap 
or like whatever is, you know what I mean? Far outside of LA. I don't know what else is there. The couch is moving next to the Kardashians. (laughs) I don't know. I know there are other parts of California. I just don't know what they're called. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, yeah, I could move. Well, the thing is if I moved, see the problem is like all the good parts of California are like really expensive. The parts of California that aren't expensive are, I would much rather live a lot of places before I would say move to like, I mean, no offense, but like Fresno or something. I mean, yeah, but it's just about like proximity. Yeah. But now it's like proximity doesn't really matter that much because you're just zooming. But don't you think it might again? And then, yeah, no, you're, I mean, I think things will get, yeah, a little bit, a little bit less zoomy at some point. Yeah. Hopefully. Uh, Okay. So my craziest was just (laughs) the video with Elise and her mom. Ew, I didn't watch it. I um, didn't know so, that it was on there. I mean, that's sweet, actually. I feel it's bad. sweet. Like, Elisa's mom is really cool. Her name's Elizabeth. She's 70 years old. She, like, never wears makeup. Um, she lives on a... Oh, this is where I would want to move. It's like a ran- like Elisa's parents' ranch in Montana. It looks so nice. Oh, my God. I'm sure it's so nice. Um, and, yeah, they talk about their... They both have their trademark cropped hair. So they talk about that. Her dad. Wait, Elise's like, mom has the same hair as Elise. <laughs> yeah, except it's white. She has the same hair. And she cut it. She says she cut it. Okay, so Elise was like, oh, you cut it way before anyone cut their hair that short when she was in Who her 20s. Who was she talking about? She said her, she claims her mom was like the first person to cut her hair short. But I don't think that that's true because her, her mom would have cut her hair around the same time as like Mia Farrow in Rosemary's Baby. So I really feel like it was an acceptable style, even when Elise's mom- Or like Gene Seberg, hi. Have you yeah, Gene Seberg, exactly. Like, what are you talking about? And then, so yeah, unless she cut her hair that short in like the 40s, she didn't. No, and I, she said she cut her hair when she was in her mid-20s and she's 70 now. So that would be, let's say, uh, 45 years ago which is the 70s so yeah no fuck it not, no, she's not trailblazing. sorry um and then elise i i never even thought about what elise's hair would be like if it was long but apparently it was like it was like roseanne rosanna dana <laughs> <laughs> that's oh why she, she had to cut it oh my god i can't okay i literally can't think anymore about elise's hair i don't i can't believe this video exists like it's I don't just talking about, about her hair and the fact that her mom does like didn't never even applied lipstick until she was in her 40s um, well that's cool yeah and so like they talk about now but now she's of course obsessed with you know the goop uh goop jeans cream and the the body butter um and then her dad is like shooting the video and he like starts talking and he sounds he's like christoph waltz he's like a thick german accent which was like oh my god that's the least surprising thing i've ever heard in my life <laughs> he really just sounds exactly like christoph waltz i didn't get it. Oh you don't get to see okay. him but he talks okay so he's german he's german or austrian i don't know but yeah one, a german a, definitely like a, a native german speaker and mm-hmm. she's like a montana ranch girl i do i wish i knew their meet cute like what like wh- how they ended up on this Montana ranch, this German guy, this prairie girl with short hair. And then Elise comes out looking German like- German guy and prairie girl is just a combination that makes me very scared as a Jewish person. I just like, I don't know what's going on over there, but I just don't like the thought of it. No, I get it. Cause they're not Jewish, right? 
as far as I know, I don't think so. No, I don't. I'm pretty sure not. Well, whatever. I don't know. I think Elise married a Jewish guy. Is, is Lunin her birth name or her married name? I, I have no idea. I don't know. Elise, Elise sort of seems culturally Jewish to me. What does that mean? Like, I don't know. Maybe I'm just because she has dark hair. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, she. I don't think that she's Jewish. Uh, sorry. But yeah, it was an interesting. I mean, I don't know. I don't. I guess we're, you know, TBD on how much Elise we're gonna get going forward. I have a feeling we're gonna get just as much, if not more, even though she's technically not the uh, CCO anymore. Well, but how, did she have her official send off as the CCO or? or? She, yeah, she's credited this week as editor at large. All right. Well. Okay then. She's on book leave baby writing that book about the seven deadly sins and which ones are feminist or whatever it's about Mm, very culturally jewish (laughs) yeah that's true uh oh aggie you're just too popular i put it on airplane and it went through anyway um all right what would you try okay i would try Oh, I already said the disgusting mocktails. Oh, so which one, which one would you try? Citrus, pea, or coffee? I mean, like literally none of these. I mean, I guess citrus seems the least disgusting, but like, I just want to try it. Like, I don't want to like buy this and like do the whole thing, but like, I, like you were just like so intrigued by this idea of like this, like non-alcoholic drink that's not sweet that people, I just like want to taste it. I just, I'm curious and want to taste it. Yeah, I, I would taste it. Like, do that in my home, like, make this shit. But this is this is their gimmick. Because, you know, like, if you go to a bar now and you don't want to drink, you're paying a lot less money for whether it's, you know, Coke or an orange juice or even, like, bitters and soda or whatever. But yeah. they want you to pay, you know, $14 for a cocktail still, even if you're not drinking. And that's what they're doing with this stuff. that's how they get you but they've been doing that for a long time with the mocktails they've been making other like juicy shit yeah but even those are like usually like eight dollars or something right yeah well they should be my god i mean yeah. what it's like it's like orange juice and club soda Ugh, bar orange juice is so disgusting i don't know why anyone would order a orange juice at a bar i don't know if i've ever had an orange juice at a bar like from the tap Mm, I don't know. Never had that. Uh, okay. I would try. Oh, you know what I would try? Acupuncture. Mm. There was an article called Overcoming First Time Acupuncture Fears. And I read it and I realized I have no acupuncture fears at all. I really don't mind needles. Um, these needles seem very tiny and like, they're not like, you know, a doctor needle. And I don't really have any like acute pain or anything. So I have, I guess I don't really have like reason to go to an acupuncturist, but it just sounds relaxing and I've never tried it. And it's like a big wellness thing that I've just never experienced. So I feel like I should, when, you know, we're able to 
be in contact with people again, this might be a good idea. Uh, just to go, just to see what it's like. Yeah. I feel like every, then, like it's such a big deal. But what would you, don't you have to have a reason to get it? I guess. I don't know what, I, I mean, I could say like, I, I mean, couldn't you just say like stress and anxiety, like anything else? Um, well, I mean, you, I mean, I'm sure they would do it for like no reason, but I just think that you, you would want a reason. Yeah. You would it. want them to focus, but what if people get acupuncture for like acute pain, like back pain and stuff, right? People get it for like chronic pain. Yeah, I think. And other things too, but I don't know. But does anyone get it for more of like psychological issues? I'm sure you could get it for anything. <laughs> I mean, because I have I have enough psychological issues, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I would, I would just want. I would. Ju it just seems like I, it would be something that was really relaxing. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think it seems relaxing. It seems very stressful to me, and like it would hurt. Um, but maybe not. My grandparents. My grandmother, who also had short hair in the 70s, so sorry, Elise Lunen's mom, but um, I know other people, but um, my grandparents were, like, very, like, into, like, wellness shit from, like, starting in, like, the 60s and 70s, and then, like, they just, like, kept being like that until they died, mm -hmm. uh, but they got acupuncture, like, their whole lives, they always got acupuncture um for just like as they were aging like every new thing that popped up they got acupuncture. okay all right so i i have i'll have enough physical problems in my future to justify getting acupuncture i mean i guess i've always thought of it as something that like people do when they're getting older but it's not like gwyneth paltrow has gotten it on video on you before so like i know people get it for all different reasons yeah but um i don't think i would get acupuncture uh but it is covered by insurance so you can i know and i i just like this week maybe it's because i just having some like physical sensations is like a, a rare thing for me now but getting my gums cleaned out getting my blood taken and getting a flu shot this week it was yeah. like thrilling all three of them i just enjoyed the whole process i know i love going to the doctor i love everything about it i like just i love getting tune-ups i know oh and next week like, i know like everyone is forever everyone is on the edge of their seat wondering and next week you guys will all get the um the results of my cholesterol wow and we've been on this cholesterol journey with you really since we started this podcast yeah i mean i've been on it i think I mean, I was probably in high school or college the first time I learned I had high cholesterol. My parents both have high cholesterol. It's, uh, yeah, I just, it's always going to be a thing. And there's yeah. probably not much I can do about it. And yet I continue to believe that through diet, exercise, and random supplements, I can control this. Well, you probably can control it to a certain extent. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. We shall see. Um cool what would you buy okay so i would buy as i said there's a oh first of all in case anyone's interested there is right now on sephora a deal which i i don't think i would buy but you could for 59 dollars, you can get the goop glow bestsellers kit 
it comes with, I wrote it down. It comes with three uh, glycolic acid peels, three mm. of the morning skin superpower, the, the drink that we love. And one like little jar of the microderm instant glow and exfoliator, which is like also one of my favorite products. I think of the, I think goop glow is like my favorite like line that they have at goop. I just think that with all of this stuff, it's like, you have to do it a lot. Like maybe not the peel as much or the, the exfoliator as much, but the drinking the goop glow and doing the peels, like you kind of have to do it like every day for a while to see the results. So I don't really know why we would want to get like three of them, but maybe if you just like want to try and see if you like it, or if you wanted to give it as a gift or like boost the amount that you have that's happening right now. Okay. Uh, yeah, I love, I, I love all three of those products, especially the, um, the, the microderm I love stuff it, yeah. in a, in the tub, which I, I like know. that even better than the pads. I know the stuff in the tub is really good. I also, from the sale, I want to get, there's another, I think that's like also part of the goop glow line. There's a shit I think I just closed it by accident but all of my tabs are just open to the mocktails like reading about the mocktails right now um <laughs> but there's like a body um there's like a body lotion a body illuminizer that looks pretty good I would mm. get that and I would get like the bath soak that's on there for cheap, even though it's just the nurse one and it's not the one that we always talk about wanting. I think, I mean, I'm sure they're like all the same. Uh, yeah, probably. But they, yeah, they all seem like, some of them are like relaxing and some of them are like to help you sleep and it all seemed sort of similar. I mean, I guess, yeah, none of the bath soaks are gonna be like energizing. There's not gonna be like uppers for bath soaks. No, this one, this one says it's called nurse and it says that it fights off misery when you're under the weather. Oh yeah. It comforts the body when you're not feeling a hundred percent and it helps you get a great night's sleep when you need it most. I mean, that's like, that sounds really nice to me. It does. So I wish I could smell them. Cause I feel like that would determine which one I want. Cause they all basically sort of seem the same. Well, wait, I think the martini is on here. I mean, how much does the martini usually cost? I think it's usually 35. Okay, so I think maybe nurse is usually more because nurse is on here, but it's also $35. Um, I don't know. Yeah, last time I checked, Martini was not on sale, but it might be now. I'll double check. Yeah. Anyway, I also want to get the Goop Glow Body Illuminizer for $48, although I don't know if I would actually get it. It's pretty big, though. That, it does sound good. Uh, I like... Yeah, the Goop Glow stuff, um, I, I wish they made more of the the G-Day or Good Day line because I loved my body wash and there's only- Wasn't that part of the G-Tox? No, because the G-Tox, I think the G-Tox is a different line and then there's G-Day. I don't really understand why there's all these different lines, but um, the G-Day was like ashwagandha and black pepper body oh, yeah. wash. It seemed a little more masculine, for lack of a better word. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, okay. What I would buy, I need, I need 
a recommendation, honestly. I need help. Um, I've been using like either Pert Plus, not Pert Plus. Uh-huh. <laughs> I've been using either, why did I say Pert Plus? Uh, Head and Shoulders or Pantene Pro V shampoo. And I need to up, I need like a better shampoo. Especially now that I have short hair, I honestly shampoo even more that I have short hair because like my scalp is exposed to the elements and I feel like shampooing is more about your scalp than your hair anyway. Interesting. Uh, so I want, a t- I want something tingly. I want, I want even, I want like head and shoulders, but even stronger. Like I used to have like a tea tree oil when I was a kid. I want something tingly, minty, eucalyptusy, something like that. And I want to spend like definitely no more than $25. Um, so I mean, I feel like that must exist. Like, um, I don't know all of the shampoo. I use a good natural shampoo. I can't think of what it's called off the top of my head. I get it in my grow box. Ooh, next time, next, next week, tell me what it is. And cause I, I, that's not like, if it comes in a grove box, I feel like it's good quality. I feel like that too. Like, I'm like, okay, it's like good enough quality. Um, but it's also like cheap. Like I can't spend a ton of money on shampoo. No. Um, I mean, it's like everybody has their own like little, like, like everyone has like things that they'll splurge on and things that they won't. And for me, it's like shampoo. Like I really can't go like all out, but it does have a very fruity scent. It smells Uh, like, like mango or something. So it might not be what you are looking for, but they might make another wine or something. I know these things do exist. I've, uh, yeah, I've been missing my tingly minty shampoo. I've even been um, mixing eucalyptus essential oil with my argon oil and like putting it on my scalp before I go to bed. It looks like Ursa Major makes a shampoo that you might like. Oh, I use Alba, Alba Botanical. That's what I use, but it smells like mango. I'm looking at one. The goop recommends it's black spruce oil infused shampoo from Lavit and Chin, but it's like $35. This one is called Ursa Major Go Easy Shampoo. It says, get soft, easy to manage hair with a delightfully nourishing shampoo. And it's the aroma is a warm, woodsy blend with ginger, balsam, and fur. Mm, okay. Too woodsy. I think I, I just want, I need to go to like, a health food store in the 90s and get like old fashioned like tea tree oil shampoo. Oh, I know. Yeah. Something I mean, that will burn my that. scalp off is what I want. Yeah. See, when I use stuff like that, it like strips my hair too much. Like I it's too like dry. I can't. Yeah, I think I, I just have like an oily scalp, so the drier the better for me. Yeah. Um yeah, I might just. Uh, I know there's a, tea, a good tea tree shampoo for you out there. I know Paul. When I was a kid, I used to use the Paul Mitchell tea tree oil. I don't know that that still exists, uh, but I I loved that one. And then they had like a Avapuhi, um, oh, which was like a very '80s sort of like almost like a sunscreen scent. Oh, that sounds good. Um, they were great. I'm just like going around on this website trying to find shampoo for you now mm. why i don't know I <laughs> find something i know um, that it must be i mean i know for a fact that this shampoo that you're dreaming of is out there and oh I totally like totally i feel like i've used it and hated it before 
Yeah. Um, yeah. It's usually like the, like the natural, yeah. Tea tree oil. That's the, I mean, anything with tea tree oil, I think I would like, and I just need it. And now I don't really go to the drugstore very often. And so it's sort of, but I guess I could get it on Amazon. I don't have to go anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. You don't. Uh, all right. Are we done? I think we covered it. I think we I think covered we this. It. We covered a lot of stuff of stuff today. Yeah. We did a little Hollywood talk. We did a little goop talk. Um, pretty much the only things on our mind. That's it. And we did a little Amazon talk. That's at the very I drank, uh, I drank an entire stock of celery. Wow. Brian, what a productive day. Uh, it really, well, I mean, I, now I'm like, give me more celery. I want to do this every day. I'm, well, parent, that's what everybody does. I'll start hearing angels like the medical medium. Yeah. Telling you just drink celery. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also have a ton of cucumbers. So I feel like my next order of business mm. is to do a cucumber juice. I love cucumber. I got a obscenely big one today. Like it almost made me blush when I opened my CSA box. Really? It was like really big. <laughs> Wow. That's cool. Well, uh, CSAs, sometimes they really come through with something special. They do. Okay, guys. Uh, thank you for listening to the podcast. You can go yeah. to Apple, Spotify, Amazon, wherever you listen to your podcast. Give us a five-star review. Or give us a five-star rating or review. Uh, go on patreon.com slash goop yourself. Um, join our Patreon. We got lots of bonus episodes talking about everything from last month's in goop health to weird Katie Holmes movies to uh, blind Gwyneth items from crazy days and nights. They're all there. Oh yeah. That was so fun. Um, all right, cool. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening. We love you. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. 
With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com.